This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. This is episode number 143. My name is Brian Wells, and I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. Now, this past weekend, I was blessed to be able to spend some time with some of you and also some other like-minded individuals at the first annual Fall Gathering of the Homesteaders of New England. And I'm so excited to give you my thoughts on that event. But before we jump into that, I did want to share with you just a few things that took place here on 3B Farm and Homestead. So let's jump right into this week's Homestead Happening. This past week, we actually spent much more time off of the homestead than we did on it uh, between Labor Day and a funeral and then the Homesteaders of New England fall gathering, we were really gone a lot. But one thing took place that I did want to share with you. You may remember earlier this year that Bear escaped once again and got in with his daughters. Well, three months, three weeks, and three days later, and we had another litter of piglets born here on the homestead. We actually had four boys and three girls born, and unlike the litters from the spring, the ones that I actually had planned for, these have all survived. Now, this mom is not one that I believe I've registered because she is a little bit squirrely. She's a bit skittish, and her personality is not one that, well... I really would breed intentionally. So I'm not 100% sure whether or not any of these piglets are going to actually make breeding stock. Right now, my guess is probably not. I would need to register the mom, which I could do, but right now she won't even let me read her ear tag. That's how skittish she is. And this is really one of those examples of where an RFID tag would be very, very handy. So my guess is these are probably going to be meat pigs. And in fact, I was very, very lucky that someone reached out to me the day after she farrowed and said, hey, do you by any chance have any piglets for sale? And I said, well, we just had a litter born yesterday. What are you looking for? And they happen to be looking for feeder pigs. And so they are going to buy three of those piglets. So I, I guess Bear maybe did me a favor and I'm going to make some money off of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe in the long run, it's all going to work out. The piglets are all doing well. And normally I actually separate the mom out from the herd. But this time, just because of everything that was going on, she feraled while living with six other pigs. They're all sharing a shelter and the piglets seem to be doing fine. So I think I may just leave things as they are. The only reason why I am considering moving her is because I do like to up the feed intake for nursing sows, and it is very difficult to do that when they're in a group of other pigs. So we'll see. Maybe the end of this week, I will move her and get her off by herself and the piglets, and we'll see if any of the other ones end up farrowing as well. 
some of them do look like they're getting a little on the bigger side. And so he may have not just bred one. He may have bred more than one. We shall see. All right, that's it for this week's Homestead Happenings. Like I said, we spent more time off the Homestead than we really did on the Homestead last week. I am very, very appreciative that our son was able to keep the home fires burning, so to speak, while we were gone. Had a neighbor step in and help us while we were at the funeral. And so it's just great to have a good network of people, a great family that I can rely on, and also very thankful that my son could be trusted to make sure that everybody stayed alive while we were gone. All right, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. I came away from this first annual fall gathering of the Homesteaders of New England, extremely inspired, jacked up, stoked, whatever word you want to use. I'm not even sure what the cool kids are saying now, but I am just so reinvigorated. And so today I just want to give you my thoughts, my takeaways from the event and share with you why I really, really enjoyed it. Getting to this event ended up being a bit challenging. And in fact, at one point I looked at Bonnie and I said, babe, I'm wondering if this is even meant to be. Maybe we just need to stay home. We had a death in the family, which meant we had to go to a funeral. Early in the week, I realized that the tires on the vehicle were shot. And because we were going to pull a trailer literally over the mountains from us to New Hampshire, I needed to get new tires on the Escape. Then the Subaru literally blew up in the middle of the road as Bonnie was on her way to pick up the Escape. We get the escape home, go to hook it up to our trailer and realize that the brakes and the lights aren't working on it. And so I call Jack up and I'm like, Jack, I I just don't know. I'm supposed to be bringing this tent. We can't get the trailer over there where we were going to stay. I said, we do have a blow up mattress. We can crash on your floor. Uh, What do you think? And he said, we'll figure it out. Come on. And so we did. And folks, I am so glad that we did. It was such an inspiring weekend. It was very tiring. It was a lot of work. But folks, as I said earlier, I came away so energized, so excited, so reinvigorated. And there are so many people that I want to thank for making that happen. First of all, I just want to start out by thanking the companies that sponsored the event. Without them, this event wouldn't have happened. And so Murray McMurray, thank you so much for stepping up and being the title sponsor. I got to meet Tom, the president of Murray McMurray. Really, really super nice guy. I got to spend quite a bit of time with him talking and just so thankful for their support. Ken Fence. Uh, supported us and they were there with a great display, a great group of guys. Blue Seal Feed was one of our sponsors. They also had a great booth and the guys were great. And then Better Bee, a beekeeping company that's actually located here in Greenwich, New York. They also were one of our sponsors. And in fact, their director of research and education, Dr. David Peck, came and actually gave a presentation on keeping bees in the Northeast. And the funny thing is that I had talked to him on the phone. We live in the same town, but I had never met him in real life until the event. I actually met him Sunday morning there 
in New Hampshire for the first time. So I had to drive two and a half hours to, in essence, meet a guy that literally lives almost around the corner from me. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all of the sponsors for helping make this happen. I just can't thank you all enough. I also want to say a huge thanks to uh, Jack and Jackie. Um, Jack did the yeoman's work here. And while I helped him a little bit, the bulk of this was him putting it together, finding the venue, working out all of the details. And it was just an absolutely wonderful event. And then for them to be so gracious to let Bonnie and I crash at their house, I can't thank you guys enough. And, you know, the thing about this, it's it's awesome to have contacts like this within the community, but to have developed the friendship that I've been able to develop with Jack and Jackie, it's just something that's very, very special. And so I just, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for making this happen. I also want to say thanks to Don Bradner. Now, Don Bradner is not a stranger to this podcast audience. If you've listened for any length of time, he is the brains behind the Little Mountain Life YouTube channel. And he has been on this podcast a couple of times. He came up from Virginia to video the event, but he also did so much running errands, this and that. And just getting to meet him in real life was so awesome. Being able to hang out with him and Jack, I chat with those guys almost every day. I probably chat with those guys more than I chat with my own brothers. And we just have such a great time online, but to be able to finally connect in real life, it was awesome. It was special. It was epic. And I just enjoyed every minute of it. I also want to say thank you to the Oak Park Committee. We had this at Oak Park, which is a town park. The people there were just so gracious, went out of their way to help make this happen. And I'm so thankful and appreciative to them. The vendors that showed up and supported the event. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think we had 17 or 18 vendors there. Some of them are people who take part in the weekly farmer's market. Others are people from the area. There was a great mix of of products they were selling. And I just want to say thanks to each and every one of you. I talked to every one of the vendors and some of them are homesteaders. Some of them are not. I got to hear their stories And it was just a really great time for me to just get to know them a little bit. And so thank you all very much for making this happen. Obviously, I want to say thank you so much to the speakers. Now, to be frank, I didn't get to hear many of them. I was busy doing other stuff, but I did get to interact with most of them. And I also heard glowing reports from people with regards to the information that was given. This was by New Englanders for New Englanders. Everybody that spoke was somebody who either lives in New England or started their homestead journey in New England and maybe has moved on like Kay and Oss from Homesteady, uh, but we let them back in. <laughs> but it was by New Englanders for New Englanders. The presentations that I was able to hear were excellent. We had Chad Mills who talked about pastured poultry. I did get to hear a little bit of his talk. And as he was sharing, I was wanting to stand in the back and just holler, preach, preach, because it was such great, powerful stuff. Then we had Rich Giordano 
who gave a talk on practical seed saving. And that was one that I was really, really looking forward to, was not able to hear him speak. But I heard somebody say the first five minutes of his presentation was so powerful, it was worth the entire weekend. Jack Polner did a poultry processing workshop, and that was really, really awesome to watch. I, I got to see some of that. And I would guess, and this is just my unofficial tally, that probably 60% of the people that were there had never seen an animal killed. That was the first exposure that they had ever had to watching an animal become food. It was very interesting to me to watch people's reactions. There was a lady that was about two people ahead of me who had this look of horror on her face. And she turned around and she said to me, I don't think I can ever eat chicken again. Now, my guess is she probably went home, she processed it, and she'll be fine. But it was very, very real to them what it means to raise animals for food. But the other thing that was very fascinating to me was this. Jack did the kill. He had the birds in the kill cone, and then he did the scald, and then he put them into the plucker. And obviously, all the way through this, it looks like a chicken with feathers on it. The moment he reached into the plucker and he pulled that now bald bird out of the plucker and he held it up, it was like a light switch was flipped and people recognized what they had seen in the store since they have been little kids. They saw the transformation of that from a bird to food. And that was such a very, very powerful moment. Certainly, it was great for people to be able to see what uh, a plucker looks like, a kill cone, to talk about scalding, to see the evisceration process and all of the learning that went on with it. But I just really felt like that realization, being able to connect that bird to what they see on the table was something that was very, very powerful. And I think for anybody who had never been a part of that, it was well worth the entire weekend. Morgan Gold talked about telling your farm story, and he's an excellent storyteller. If you've ever watched any of his videos, he is somebody who just really does have a gift for telling a story. And so he was definitely a perfect person to speak to that topic. And that rounded out day one. That evening, we actually had a barbecue at Jack's house where we were able to interact one with another. He invited over some of the speakers, some of the vendors were there, and it was just a really, really great time of just getting to know each other and being able to swap stories and have a lot of laughs. On Sunday, we had some more great speakers. Dr. David Peck started the day by talking about keeping bees in New England. And I got to hear about the first 10 minutes of his presentation, had hoped to hear the whole thing. I was really, really excited about it, but got called away to do some other things, which is fine. Um, but his talk was certainly something that I know really resonated with people. Then uh, we had Jane who talked about keeping sheep on a homestead. We had a sheep shearing demonstration. And then Kendra and Aust Martin from Homesteady, they rounded out the day. Kendra talked about keeping your first family milk cow. And Aust talked about turning your homestead into a profitable endeavor. And it was really great meeting them in person. Um, Aust's mustache is as epic in real life as it is on YouTube, uh, but they are just really, really down to earth, wonderful, nice, great people. And it certainly was a privilege to meet them.
I also want to say thanks to all of the volunteers that helped make this event happen. Jack's mom and dad really stepped up. There were some other people that uh, were manning the booth, helping clean up. Bonnie, my wife, manned or womaned (laughs) the kids' tent. We had activities for the kids. And really a big hit was we had a little kid's swimming pool that we put corn in. And we had shovels and rakes and we had uh tractor and stuff that they could drive around in it but those kids dove into that they were doing snow angels or i guess we could call them corn angels they had an absolute blast in that she had other games activities crafts there for them and so thank you so much to everybody all of the volunteers that stepped up and made this happen but i really want to say thank you so much to all of you who came out and helped support this event because that is really what inspired me so much. As I said, I didn't get to hear many of the speakers, but I got to talk to you and I got to talk to so many different people and to hear so many great stories. There were people there from so many different backgrounds. And while this was by New Englanders for New Englanders, we had people from as far away as Minnesota, from Virginia, We had people come over from the Rochester, New York area. And of course, we had all kinds of New Englanders, people from Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Vermont, uh, and even some people from my neck of the woods here in beautiful upstate New York. I was chatting with one guy, asked him where he was from. He said, I'm from Buskirk, New York. Well, Buskirk, New York, it's like 20 minutes from my house. And so it was awesome to really be able to connect with somebody like that. It's kind of funny. You had to drive two and a half hours to make that connection. But to connect with him and hear his story and the things that he's got going on was very special. There was a couple there from Little Compton, Rhode Island, who literally just had the opportunity to buy back the family farm. It was his grandfather's farm. His mom and dad and his aunts and uncles were not interested at all in farming. And so the farm got sold outside of the family. And not too long ago, he had the opportunity to buy it back. And so he and his wife and their two boys are in the process of taking this family farm that has lain fallow for 15 years, and they're in the process of turning it back into a functioning homestead. And so it was really awesome to hear their story. I got to talk to a couple from Maine who this spring almost were able to buy a piece of property and start their homesteading journey. And then The plans fell through, and so they're trying to figure out next steps. But in the meantime, they showed up because they wanted to learn more about living a life that is self-sufficient, self-reliant, and sustainable. I got to talk to Danny from Wicked Awesome Gardening YouTube channel, or she said sometimes in her accent, she'll call it the Wicked Awesome Gardening channel. (laughs) She's trying to figure out her next step on her homesteading journey, and she may be relocating to beautiful upstate New York. Now I tried to talk her out of it. (laughs) I said, no, you need to move to New Hampshire, but she really does have uh, a great opportunity to purchase some great land down just a little bit South of us. And so it was awesome to hear her story. I talked at length to Amy from Wild Heart Farm. She was actually one of the vendors, but she's a homesteader. I think they're on about a half acre of land. She shared with me her path and her journey into homesteading and how on a, I think it's a half acre, they're doing so much. In fact, she was selling some of their home canned goods and some flavored vinegars. And I think they had eggs for sale. She participates every week in that farmer's market. And I think she said she runs a farmer's market in another town. 
So here's somebody on a half acre who was doing so much to change the world around her. And it was just so inspiring. Every story that I heard just rekindled that fire in my belly in a way that was amazing. But what was even more amazing was watching community happen. Uh, There was a family there from the outskirts of Boston. They actually paid for a vendor space. They set up a tent. They set up a table. They had a, a sign there that said, advice needed. And they were asking people to share their advice on what they should do and what they should look for as they are trying to figure out their next steps because their desire is to get out of Boston, to get up somewhere in New Hampshire and to start a small farm. During Jack's poultry demonstration, people were asking about renting or borrowing poultry processing equipment. And people were saying, hey, come see me, get my contact information. I know a guy or I have equipment. And just those connections that were being made, it was so awesome to see that. Throughout the weekend, people would share a problem or an issue and others would speak up and say, you know what? I had that same problem and this is what I did and this is how I solved it. And so that knowledge transfer that was going on was just so awesome to see. I heard people inviting others to their homestead so they could see their rabbitry. They could see their poultry operation. Again, that sense of community, which is what really was the intent behind this. Yeah, we wanted to share information, but we really wanted to connect homesteaders together. And it was awesome to see that organically happening. Over and over again, I heard people say this. This is so awesome. Sometimes I feel weird. Sometimes I feel alone. People don't get what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. My family doesn't support me. My friends laugh at me. And then I come here and I'm surrounded by people who get it. I'm surrounded by people who are going through the same thing as me. I'm surrounded by people who understand what I'm trying to do. And I realize I'm not alone. And folks, I got to tell you this. Well, I didn't get to hear many speakers. I came away from this past weekend so inspired, so excited, and with a fresh realization of why I'm doing what I'm doing here in beautiful upstate New York. Now, I honestly wish I could make HOA for a second blessing of this. We have just way too much stuff going on this fall to do it, maybe next year. But I will tell you this much, I am looking forward to the next annual gathering of the Homesteaders of New England. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is going to happen. We got done on Sunday night and right away, Jack, Jackie, Bonnie, myself, Don, we were saying we got to make this happen again. So already we're starting to plan for next year. So as soon as I have dates and we've got it locked down, I will let you know. If you live in the Northeast, make sure you do not miss next year's fall gathering of the Homesteaders of New England. I'm already looking forward to, can't wait, and just so very, very excited. And I mean, you probably can tell I'm jacked up, jazzed up, very, very excited about what took place. And I want you to experience the same feeling. So if you did come to the event and you do have feedback on what you liked, what you didn't like, what we should change, what we shouldn't change, what we could do better, reach out, send me an email, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net or contact me on Facebook or Instagram. Share your story with me. What were some of the things that stood out to you? 
Were there connections that you were able to make? What were your takeaways? I would absolutely love to hear your feedback. Like I said, I had an absolute blast. And so thank you so much to all of the people, the sponsors, Jack and Jackie, Don, the vendors. But most of all, thank you. Those of you who showed up, those of you who shared your stories with me, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was absolutely a pleasure. And I am still so excited. Three days later, jacked up. And yeah. But now I do need to go play some catch up. Uh, Probably I should go mow the lawn, tend to the garden. So until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.